Welcome to the Six Figure Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Allie Reeves, and my purpose is to help women grow their online businesses, influence, and income with ease. If you're ready to drop the excuses and start showing up as the boss you know you're meant to be, then you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Okay, today you will be hearing an amazing amazing interview with one of my dear clients, Dr. Cynthia Kempinski. Cynthia is a clinician who specializes in functional medicine, clinical nutrition, and physician-grade supplementation. So she uses advanced lab testing along with a patient's thorough history from their genetics and biology to their lifestyle and even their mindset in order to get to the root cause of their complaints And then with that information, Cynthia provides an individualized program, allowing for the highest probability of achieving optimal health. And what makes her stand out from other doctors is she's incredibly passionate about what she does and empathetic because she herself has struggled with a chronic illness. And after years of learning how to heal herself, she discovered her purpose to help others do the same. And that is exactly what she's doing now. The coolest part, in my opinion, about everything that I just said is she does all of that virtually. She sees and treats patients all over the world online, which is so fascinating to me because I personally have never met a doctor who is doing that. So after you listen to this interview, if you're like me and you're thinking that you need some Dr. Cynthia in your life, no matter where you're located, that is very possible. So keep that in mind. And even better, Cynthia is actually hosting a free training a week from the day that this episode launches. So the free training is going to take place on August 5th, which she shares about at the end of this episode. So I'm going to stop talking and let you hear the interview, but the last thing I'm going to say is this. What Cynthia shared in this interview was so valuable and juicy that I went back after our conversation to re-listen and take notes myself. All right? So buckle up because your mind is about to shift and reprogram for success. Enjoy. Okay, you guys, I have Miss actually, Dr. Cynthia Kempinski on with me. Welcome to the Six Figure Influencer Podcast. Cynthia, I'm so excited to have you here. How are you doing? I'm good. And thank you for having me. You've grown such a tremendous following in your social media and on your podcast. And I know you value your listeners. So I'm honored to be able to be part of this. Well, thank you very much, but I'm honored to have you on here because if I know anything about my listeners, I know that we, we all want to better ourselves in, in many different ways. We all want to grow businesses here and that's not always easy. And something that's always fascinated me is the brain and how the brain operates and how you can actually rewire it and retrain yourself new thought patterns, which will lead to new actions, which will lead to new results. So it's one thing if I talk about it and preach to my people, but now I have an expert here and this is what you do. This is your area of expertise, your niche. 
And I am so pumped to get into this conversation because you have so much amazing information that I just know my people are going to eat up and it's going to blow their minds. So first, before we get into all of that and I get carried away here, introduce yourself, please, ma'am. Sure. So I am Dr. Cynthia Kempinski. I am the CEO of Kempinski Company and the founder of the Kempinski Clinic. I um, have two beautiful babies, happily married to my husband, who I practice with as well. And I practice and really specialize in functional medicine. Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit different than what we've traditionally been exposed to. Mm -hmm. So historically, if you have a series of symptoms, you go to your doctor and those symptoms equal a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is we're not asking why. So patients come to me and they have a series of symptoms and I ask why, why is this patient experiencing these symptoms? Mm -hmm. What is the root cause of their complaints? So in order for me to effectively do that, I do things like run thorough lab chemistry. Okay. And my patients, they laugh at me. I'll say my motto is test, don't guess. And that's for good reason because these extensive blood panels give me really good insight as to what's going on with this person clinically. Mm -hmm. What I've found in practice is that it wasn't enough. My patients just knowing what's going on in their body wasn't enough. I had to look at the external factors too. So we know diet's a big thing. So I have my patients keep a journal. They track what they're eating, when they're eating, how much they're eating, all, everything that I need to know. And I can match it with their symptoms. And that's a great tool also, but wow. still it's not enough for me. So if I wasn't already radically going against the grain, I start looking at other things in a person's life. I start looking at their environment, evaluating their lifestyle. And what I'm most proud of, what I've finally been able to implement into my practice is evaluating my patient's mindset. And this is really crucial because no matter how good I am at my job, I can put them on the most bio-specific individual diet, exercise routine. I can get you sleeping eight hours a night, blissful, good sleep, best supplements in the world. Mm -hmm. If your mind is not right, you will not be successful. And the success of my patients matters to me. No joke. That is so, and, and that's, I mean, this is something that I've experienced or kind of not experience. I mean, I've for sure experienced experienced this myself, which I'm sure we'll talk more about. But I'm learning more about, and you're absolutely right. And that's I know that that's true for me. That I can get all the sleep in the world, I can have the best routine in the world, but until I got conscious about the thoughts that I was thinking and and noticing how my thoughts were correlating with how I was showing up nothing was really working for me personally. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get into how far back our thoughts can be formed and you know, how we get them from our families and everything. But that's fascinating. So how did you get into this? That's a, a interesting thing. I think I... I used to take the position of I suffered with a chronic disease. I would say I, I suffer with Lyme disease. I have autoimmune condition. 
I've changed my perception on this, what's happened to me. So instead of saying I suffer with a chronic disease, I now feel like I was lucky enough to experience these things, these symptoms, because I've had to go through this, I can truly empathize with my patients. It goes on beyond the sympathy. I know what they're feeling because I've experienced it. And in addition to that, I know how much my environment, my lifestyle, my mindset has affected my own health. And so I'm able to take that information and now apply it to my patients and help them achieve their health goals with that as well. Incredible. So you suffered from Lyme disease. And is that the thing that kind of opened like whenever you were going, because you were diagnosed at 15, right? With Lyme? Yeah. And then were you just going to doctors and they were prescribing you a bunch of medicines and were they just not working? And then it kind of, is that what exposed you to this other side of medicine? I think uh, what happened was I got diagnosed with Lyme and I was young and I thought, doesn't matter, right? It's just, I, I take the antibiotics, it's fine. I, I knew that there was a chance I would have chronic lingering symptoms. And throughout high school, I realized, you know, I was more fatigued than other people. I didn't have the energy. I started to develop more symptoms. I got uh, reinfected with Lyme later on around 18 or 20 years old. I went to college. I continued, my symptoms worsened. And the more I focused on that, the more I was at the doctor's office. And the more I was at the doctor's office, the more I focused on how I felt. And then I would run this perpetual pattern of, I don't feel well. Why don't I feel well? Why am I different from everyone else? Why can't I achieve these things of everyone else? The worry began of what does my future look like? And I started to realize that if I stayed away from pursuing this, that I started to think about it less. So I stopped searching for diagnosis. I stopped trying to be, you know, labeling the symptoms as something because every time I was at the doctor, they were giving me a new diagnosis. Mm -hmm. You know, now you have Crohn's disease. Now you have colitis. Now we think you have MS. And it, it just escalated very quickly over a period of a few years. And so I decided I wasn't going to focus on that for a while. And it wasn't even an intentional thought. It just kind of happened. I decided I'm going to focus on graduate school. And then I finished graduate. I'm going to focus on my marriage. Then I'm going to focus on my children. I'm going to focus on my business. And as I was focusing on these other things, I didn't have time to worry about my health. I didn't have time to worry about the what's going to happen, all of these things, because I was creating the future by focusing on the things that mattered to me at that time, a good, healthy marriage, great, healthy children, a thriving business. And so I put all my energy into that. And I knew the neuroscience behind it, right? I'd studied that in school. I knew chemically what was happening behind emotions. And I knew the philosophy of the biology behind beliefs. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to marry those two together. And so I, I understand how it would be uh, hard or difficult for someone to adopt that way of thinking, because even with all my background and knowledge in this, it really took me getting past the point of actually applying it to look back and say, oh, that that's what I just did. That's what happened. That's how that occurred without me wow. even really consciously initiating it. Wow. So what? Ha so you're focused on all these different areas of your life and were the symptoms subsiding? Were they were you just not noticing them as much? Were they not flaring up as much? How did that play out? Yeah, I think that I started to um, get a decrease in symptoms. And mm -hmm. it, 
uh, I definitely did get a decrease in symptoms and I attribute it to a lot of things, you know, the lifestyle that I was living. Mm -hmm. um, I went on very good specific supplements that I know my body needed for that support. So I was supporting mm -hmm. it, the physiology mm -hmm. and the best way I knew how taking care of myself, trying to get good sleep, mm -hmm. setting boundaries and limits, you know, so I did all those things as well, but I just, it was making that conscious effort of, I'm not going to focus on it. I'm not going to identify as sick. And I went a really long time without talking about being ill to anyone. I mean, there's people who had known me for years and didn't know I had Lyme disease because I just decided I wasn't going to entertain that conversation. I wasn't going to fall victim to that pattern and identify with Lyme disease. I was going to just move forward and focus on what I needed to. Wow. You weren't going to identify with that sickness. That's Okay. Okay. So this is, this is perfect. So what the topic that we're going to talk about today, friends, is how to rewire your brain for success. And essentially this is, this is what you did. You, I mean, is that what you consider what you did is you rewired your brain to think as a healthy person and as somebody who wasn't identifying with that and you were just living your life and focusing on the things that you wanted to create versus the things that you didn't, which was sickness. And that's what you started creating is, is the life that you wanted. I mean, for lack of better words, I'm not explaining that well, but, and you're essentially going to help us learn how to do this as well. And, but the cool thing is she's going to break down the science of it and exactly how we can do this too, whether it's somebody is suffering from a chronic illness or just business things. Like you can't, you keep, you think that you keep failing or you're not following through with certain things in your business or things in your marriage or personal relationships. Cynthia is going to now help us figure out how to rewire our brains to achieve the thing that we want to achieve. So that was a pretty good introduction into that. So let's get into it. If you're ready, how, how does this start to work? Like, give me, I know that you just explained a little bit how it worked for you personally, but give me like, just break it down. How functional medicine and, and how all of that works to re to rewire your brain for success. Sure. So success, I, I love this topic, right? Because yeah. success looks so different to everyone. And no matter what your vision of success is, this information applies to you. So in my practice, personally, patients will come to me and success to them might mean losing weight or decreasing their autoimmune symptoms. It might mean beating infertility. That's a really big one for my patients. Mm -hmm. Chronic fatigue, chronic pain. For you, Allie, for your listeners, I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and a lot of people in direct sales and marketing. So success to them might be signing a certain amount of clients or closing a certain amount of deals or even making a certain amount of money. And that's great because whatever that vision is, mm -hmm. it's personal, it's yours, and this can apply to you. Perfect. Before we can talk really about how to rewire our brain, we have to understand and we have to come to terms with this is possible. The brain is plastic. We can change the brain. So through the concepts of neuroplasticity, we know that we can actually form and reorganize synaptic connections. And a synaptic connection is really just when two neurons in the brain 
light up or activate at the same time, they start communicating. And as they're communicating, they build a connection. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about the wiring of our brain, we're talking about those synaptic connections. So when somebody says something is hardwired into your brain, what that means is that those neurons lit up they communicated enough that they built a connection and we've run that circuit so many times that that connection is hardwired into our brain where it's just almost automatic because we know the pattern and we learn these things throughout our lives and they go into our brain and we just start running the program. So if we know that we can change our brain, Mm -hmm. how do we use this to our advantage? How do we rewire it for success? Mm -hmm. So we start with creating the change. And so change is first created by having a vision. Mm -hmm. And you need to have very, very clear intention of what this vision is, what you want your future to look like. And so if you can think about that for a moment, what do you want? What does your future look like? And think of it so intensely that you generate a feeling with it. And so now we have this thought and we have a feeling tied to it. And when we think the thought, we get the feeling. And when we get the feeling, we think the thought. And when we think the thought, we get the feeling. And we start running this circle that of thought equals feeling, feeling equals thought associated with this intention, this vision, this purpose that you have for your life, for your future. What we're doing neurologically in that Uh, scenario is we're lighting those neurons together. We're trying to train them to fire together to when we have that thought, we fire that feeling. Okay. We can heighten this experience by associating a behavior or action with that thought. So we have a thought with, with that new thought, that new information, that intention or purpose, you then create a choice or an action or behavior with it. We call that an experience. Mm-hmm. When we have an experience, there's a much more heightened emotional connection to it. And we have all had this, right? We have an experience, either good or bad, that we had a super heightened emotional response to. And we can recall all the details of that experience. You know what you were wearing. You know what the weather was. You know who was there, what the situation was, what you said, how you felt in that moment. And it was because the emotional response was so heightened to that experience that we fired at such strength in our brain that we hardwired that memory into your brain. And so whether it was an embarrassing moment in high school or your wedding day, you can recall it so clearly. And that's because we had that heightened emotional response to it. Oh my gosh, that is how it works. Yeah. So why do we care so much about getting this emotional response? Mm -hmm. So uh, what we're calling a feeling or an emotion, uh, if you meet somebody and we call that feeling or emotion falling in love, our body calls that a chemical response, Mm -hmm. right? When we have a, a feeling of, I hate my job. I, you know, I'm not sleeping. My relationship sucks. We call that feeling stressed out. Our body calls that feeling a chemical response. So to each of these feelings, to each of these emotions, our body is releasing different chemicals. And when those chemicals release, we change our internal environment. And when our internal environment changes, we are actually changing our biology our chemistry, our neurology, our hormones, and even our genetic expression is altered by this internal environment. So having thought, this purpose, this intention 
tying a feeling to it, tying an emotion to it, creating an experience is what heightens this emotion to allow us to alter this and ultimately rewire our brain. Oh, wow. So this is why when people, you say that people are living in the past and they're recalling these awful, maybe even traumatic experiences, and they keep thinking them over and over again, their body is our, their body is feeling those feelings and doesn't know any difference between if they're actually in that situation right now, or if they're just thinking it, because they're experiencing the same feeling and the same chemicals, which is the same stress on their body. And, and then on the other side, the people that think more positive are the same thing. That is exactly right. That's how that works. So our mind does not know the difference between an experience that is creating that motion and an emotion that is created by our thought alone. And that's why I urge you to don't wait to feel gratitude. Don't wait to feel like a leader. Don't wait to feel abundance. Don't wait to feel successful because you can create this. So you don't need to actually have the experience to tie to the thought to create that heightened emotion. You can think of that experience. So we do this exercise where I tell someone, think of what that experience is that ties to your intention. So you're, you're, you're sitting in your home. It's your dream home you're surrounded by your children, you have your dream car in the driveway, your husband's next to you, it's this great happy energy feeling. You uh, open up your phone and check your bank account and it's got $20 million in it. Whatever that successful day looks like, I want you to actually create it in your mind so that you can tie that emotion to it. If it's putting on the, your favorite heels and that you're in this knockout dress and you feel super confident and you're walking across the stage and you turn around and you're at your TED talk and the whole room is filled and everybody's waiting to listen to you. That's the successful day. If it's opening up your email and you see that there's hundred people now signed up under your team or a thousand people on your team, that's your successful day. Tie it into your purpose, your intention, your vision think about that experience. And when you're thinking about it, be very intense about it and create that feeling, create that motion, create that chemical response so that we start wiring our brain to chemically be wired for success. Okay. So this is the part that I get confused because this is, you know, that's what everybody, sh uh, not everybody, but a lot of people share is like, think the positive thoughts, be future focused, think about what you want to create, not what you don't want to create. I get that. And now I'm starting to understand that the feeling is very important because whenever you feel that feeling, not just think the thought, but you're feeling the feeling that is how you know that you are forming those connections in your brain, correct? Yes. Now, how does that, by forming those connections in your brain, how does that then help to create that success in the future? Sure. So what we're doing when we're building those connections in the brain is we're actually wiring this into our subconscious. Mm -hmm. And so the subconscious is the autopilot. 
right? It, it's the decision like are just happening without us thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So in order for us to create change, we have to actually go into the subconscious and hardwire these beliefs. So we don't run the auto programs that we don't want to run. Mm-hmm. So we may have been exposed to whatever in our past or history, our thoughts, feelings, emotions, experiences that have kind of accumulated and built up what our subconscious is. We need to be aware of that, go in, replace those synaptic connections, the wiring with positive ones, ones of our future. If you want to be a leader, you want to feel like a leader, you want to generate that experience so that no matter what external, you know, things happen to you in your mind, you're already a leader. You feel like a leader. You're going to make decisions to be a leader and that's going to drive your success. So that's what it is. These thoughts, okay, so yeah, so the thoughts then, if you're thinking of yourself as a leader versus a failure or somebody, you know, let's, for somebody in our audience, for example, somebody who's wanting to grow their team but hasn't been successful, instead of thinking of themselves as the person who hasn't been successful yet, thinking of themselves with as the person with 100 people underneath them, Then when they're rewiring their brain and they're thinking that way, then they're going to make decisions that are aligned with somebody who has the hundred person or thousand person team behind them. Exactly. So if we can chemically tell our body that this is what we're experiencing, our body thinks it's already happened, right? Mm -hmm. So we're chemically and in our biology and our neurology, we are saying, Hey, we have a successful team built under us. This is what we do. And you're, you're running that program already before it's happened. So that's why I tell people, don't wait for the experience to happen to get that mentality. You get that mentality and create the experience from having it. Beautiful. Okay. So this makes me feel better because I talk about this and I say this a lot with my own clients, act as if you are that person now, make those decisions now, because if you have a massive team under you, you you wouldn't be doing things like sending out tons of cold messages or fooling with tasks in your business that you could hire a VA for a few dollars an hour to do for you while you're focused on the money-making activities. So Okay. That makes so much more sense. So, okay. Let me just make sure that I have this in order. First, we have to understand that this is possible, that we can rewire our brain. Because if you don't believe that this stuff is possible, it doesn't matter if you go through the motions, you have to, you have to know that it's working to really follow through and create that change. We have to have a vision of where we want to go, what you actually want to create, not what somebody else thinks that you should create or what your upline or whoever, what you like, what actually matters to you. And do you think that people, their visions are too small because their brain is wired in a, in a way that they don't, they don't even allow themselves to really dream big. Yes. Yeah. That happens a lot because we may have this vision of, I want to be successful. And then when you force yourself to think, what does that success look like? It's scary because it's new and it's different. And it's not the way maybe your parents, your coworkers, your family, whoever has been trained to think. And so we call this, um, self-sabotage, right? Uh We call this like a, a limiting belief. So it's, it's different in however way, you know, you're approaching it, but from a brain perspective, 
what happens is we have this new thought of, I want to be successful. Mm-hmm. And then we try and envision what that looks like to us. We try and make a new choice with it, a new action to support that vision. And our subconscious says, no, 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 this doesn't feel right to me because we've been running the same program for 20 years, 25, 30 years, however long, and this is not part of the program. And so what do we do? We say, this doesn't feel right. I'm not going to get on Instagram stories today and promote my business because it doesn't feel right to me. I'm going to wait till tomorrow or I'm going to wait till Monday or you know what? I direct sales. I I thought I wanted to do it, but it it doesn't feel right to me. So I'm I'm going to put it on the back burner for a little bit. I'm not going to pursue it. It doesn't feel right. Of course it doesn't feel right because we're introducing new information, new program. We're asking you to take action on something that you've never done before. And we're completely going in. It is like death of the old biology, death of the old neurology, death of your old chemistry. It is literally putting that aside and creating these new networks in your brain, it's going to feel uncomfortable. Ooh, (laughs) I talked about this in one of my episodes I shared in the way it it was the same thing. I talked about how ways that I was self-sabotaging myself. Um, well potentially, but I kind of caught it because I was, and I called it like turning up the heat in my business and myself, I was doing new things and I was so uncomfortable because it was new to me. It was getting hot. And, you know, I I totally, and the old me 100% would have gone to burnout and doing things that would have totally sabotaged what I was doing and brought me right back to where I was. So this is what you're talking about. And this is what a lot of people, they might, you know, get to the vision part and get to the part where they need to take action. And because they don't understand what's going on when they feel those feelings of, being uncomfortable and scared instead of pushing through that and getting to the other side, they stop short of, of the success and, you know, the actual going through the process of rewiring their brain. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. And I mean, we can do this at any point in the process. We can do this initially in the thought when we're just trying to envision it, we might have that belief that comes in and says, no, that's not for you. You're not going to, you know, have this great successful business underneath you. You're not going to, you know, live in the dream home. You're not going to be, you know, making that passive income. That's not for you. And so we cut ourselves short right there at the thought. The next place is like at the choice or making the action. That's where it really starts to get, like you said, you're turning up the heat. It gets uncomfortable there. Mm -hmm. And that's where you dig in and you have to get past it because we have to get that action to get that heightened emotion. And when we get that heightened emotion, we get the chemical response and that is where change happens. So when people say, even if you don't know what it is, what the next step is, take action. Mm -hmm. That's what's chemically happening to us. We're taking action. We're actually feeling like success. We're feeling like we did something. We're feeling like the leader of our business. And that's where we start to change these patterns. You start proving it to yourself. Yes. We start telling our mind that. Go ahead. Say that again. We just rewire our mind to think that. So not only are we proving it to ourselves, it's becoming unconscious in us. It's now just the program that we run. Now, now we are the leader. Now we're the expert. Now we're the person who does have the successful business, who does generate the passive income because we have already chemically programmed our body that we are that person. And then you start doing those actions and then you start experiencing those results. So 
I feel like what we've all, I mean, I know what I was taught growing up and what so many people are conditioned to believe is, is backwards. You, you get the thing first and then you can feel those feelings. And that's what we think. Like when I become that leader, when I become that business owner, then I'll feel like that business owner and that leader. But you're saying, no, 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 this is, that's backwards. Let's feel the feelings first because it will lead to the outcome that we want to produce. That's exactly right. And that's how it works. And let me make one thing really clear to people who are kind of questioning or doubting this method. The people who think that when I get this, I'll feel like a leader or when I get this, I'll feel successful have already programmed their brain that they're living in a place of lack. They're living in a place of not having. And so it doesn't matter what they achieve or what they get to. They will still feel that way, that they're living in lack. So they will never feel successful. They will never feel like the leader. They will never feel abundance or gratitude because they are living from that spot. And so if we can change that before the event happens, then you're going to feel the leader. You're going to feel the gratitude, the abundance, the success, all of those feelings that you want for your vision will already be there when it occurs. Oh my gosh, this is so good, Cynthia. So how long does this take to actually rewire a brain realistically on average? So there's a lot of factors at play here. Uh And some of it depends on how disciplined you're going to be in this exercise. So if you can close your eyes and you can really intensely envision this and you can practice this every day, that's going to give you the best benefits because the stronger the chemical emotion, the stronger those connections are going to be. The other factor is repetition. And we can't just repeat positive thinking. It has to be very specific thinking because our brain wants to know what that looks like. So we know that if you learn a new piece of information and you can focus on it for one hour after learning it, you will double the amount of connections over that piece of information. Now, doubling the amount of connections is important because now we're building that wiring in our brain. The other aspect is that you have to practice the same thing over and over. So there's a study that shows a group of people that they took and they divided them into groups. And the first group went to play the piano for two hours a day, Mm -hmm. every day. And they practiced with an instructor and they repeated the same scales over and over every day in and out. And they measured their brain before the study and after the study. And they looked at the change in the connections and the neurology of the brain because they have focused on learning something new and they intently focused on it. And they did the same thing every single day. Mm -hmm. The next group was the control group. They didn't do anything. They didn't sit with the instructor, practice, play the piano. Their pre and post scans, their brain were not changed. They didn't build any new networks. They weren't learning new information. They weren't practicing. The third group, sat with the instructor and they just watched. They watched the instructor practice. They envisioned themselves playing the scales up and down. And at the end of the study, their pre and post scans of the brain looked the exact same to the people who were physically practicing. So we can practice in our mind 
and make these changes. It's just how disciplined are you going to be about it? Are you going to dedicate to this every single day, this positive, this new way of thinking, this new vision? Are you going to pursue it actively? And that's really what's important is the consistency in this pattern. And it has to get to the point where it's wired into our subconscious Mm -hmm. because I see this all the time. I'll give an example that everyone can relate to. Summer's coming up and you want to look good for summer. So you say, I'm going to, you know, my, my vision, my new thought, my goal is I want to look good for summer, my vacation. And the choice that goes behind that is I'm going to diet. And the action that goes behind that choice is I'm not going to eat donuts. So then you tell yourself every day, you said, Dr. Kempinski told me I need to tell myself every day not to eat donuts. I'm not going to eat the donut. I'm not going to eat the donut. I'm not going to eat the donut. And then you look down, you're eating the donut and you're like, what happened? Like, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. And the truth is that when we're doing that, we're just talking to the conscious brain and the conscious brain is only 5% of our mind and 95% is the subconscious. And if we're not getting that message into the subconscious, we're not going to create that change. And so getting the message into the subconscious takes repetition. It takes generating that heightened emotion behind it. It takes uh, really visualizing and feeling this. So thinking about that experience and thinking about it the same way over and over and over again until we get that heightened response. So how do you recommend people to do that? Like, let's say somebody is listening and they're saying, okay, I'm in. I want to do this every day. How do you recommend that they, like, what is a practice that they can do once a day to start doing this for themselves? Sure. And this is great because you don't need years of meditative experience. You don't have to be a Buddhist monk. Anybody can do this. This is just... Meditating is so difficult. Well, I I think what what I struggle with is I never know if I'm doing it correctly and I hate wasting my time unless I know it's actually working. So I'm really interested to hear what you're about to say. Sorry to interrupt you. No, and that is that's the common theme. People say, "I'm I don't know if this is right. I don't know if I'm supposed to be feeling something." And you don't have to. There's it's different for everyone. So you can just close your eyes, visualize what you want, try and get to the point where that visualization visualization is so intense that you're generating the feeling. Think about the experience that you're going to have when you reach that point in your life, that vision, that intention, that purpose. And close your eyes, think about this. Do it every day. Set your pattern. So if it's going to be in the morning when you wake up, this is a great time to do that because to talk neurologically about it, our brain is in a certain state right before sleep and right as we're coming out of state. So mm-hmm. we're, we're in a theta state in our brain waves, And that is the most influential state for putting input in. So if we can do that right away, either when we're laying in bed, right before we're dozing off, if we're thinking about our future, we're putting that good input in, it's going to help in us actually wiring those connections together. So either first thing in the morning while we're still laying in bed or right at night before when you're falling asleep, get in that good brainwave state where you're like kind of dozing off. That is an extremely powerful state to be meditating in. Then repetition of this, so repeating it every single day, having that visualization process or that meditating process. And then in addition to that, do other positive input things. So practice gratitude every single day. I use Daily Deposit Journal by Mason McNeely. I know a lot of your listeners love her. Mm -hmm. It's really a great tool to use. So you're, you're writing your gratitude 
every single day. You're writing your affirmations. And I urge you to write this as your future self. So if you're sick, write, I'm healthy. If you're anxious, say, I am calm. If, and you know, if you're, you're struggling in your business, write your gratitude. Thank you for the success in my business. I'm so grateful for this abundant success because we're putting that into our minds then and we're telling the mind, I'm successful, I'm abundant, I'm grateful. And so all these things contribute to that chemical formation in our brain. And by talking in the future or the present tense rather than the future tense, you start feeling those feelings and think instead of, because if you speak of it in the future tense, like I will create this, I will be healthy, I will have a 10K month, then you are just affirming that right now that's not the case. Yes, exactly. And instead of, uh, focusing on what we're having now, we start to worry about the future, right? So we can make a goal for the future. And what happens is if our subconscious program is worry, if our subconscious program is failure, if our subconscious program is, I can't do that, that's what we start running is, oh, I just sent a goal for how much ever collections. And then you're going to start questioning, well, you can't do that. Or, you know, what, why are you doing that? Why don't you, you know, like, quit your job or, you know, become a used car salesman. It spirals out of control, right? Right, right. To instead focus on it, like you've already achieved it, like you already have the control over it so that you're already telling your mind, this is where I am. I, I am grateful because I have this team below me. I'm grateful that I am earning a passive income. Speak it as it's already existing. Okay. Now, for those that have tried this before and it didn't work for them, why? Is it because they didn't do it too long? They weren't feeling the feelings? What do you see? Because I know you work with a lot of your own patients through these things. So what do you see? So maybe you can catch people before they get to this point. Sure. So the the first thing is the self-sabotage that we talked about, where before we're actually allowing it to get into the subconscious, we start questioning it. And the subconscious, the old program shows up and says, this is uncomfortable. I don't like this. This is change. And we're not being greater than those feelings or emotions. So that's why we have to dig deep then. We have to take the action steps when they feel uncomfortable. We have to move forward, create that experience, create those emotions behind it so that we can limit the ability to self-sabotage. And that doesn't mean that it's not going to come up. No matter how much you practice this, people are going to have experiences where they think, am I doing this right? Am I on the right path? Is this really what I'm meant to do? I mean, there's going to be times where you start to question things or things are going to happen and your old programming is going to come in. The more frequent that we do this, the more frequent we believe that this is truly our intention and our purpose, the less likely it is that that self-sabotage is going to start rearing. Okay. So the more that you fight through that and you keep telling yourself like, this is normal. This is okay. Of course, this is going to happen, but I need to do that thing anyway, because I know that the person with the success would do that. And this is, you know, this is what I'm meant to do. The more that you do that, the more that you are rewiring and training yourself to think as if that person and act as if that person. And then you're saying that those then limiting beliefs are going to become less frequent Yes. So that's exactly what happens. So the more that we can push through those boundaries, 
the more hardwired, that term that we're using, hardwired, that becomes in our subconscious. And now that's the new belief. The new belief is I push through uncomfortable, I persist, I succeed, I work through hard things. And that is our new program now. And so when things come up that are hard, you don't even think about it. You just keep going. You know, if a day comes up and maybe you didn't want to be selling that day or hosting an event or whatever it is, you don't think about that. You just keep going because the program in your mind, what's now wired into your brain is I persist. I work hard. I am successful. I build a team. I build income. Whatever it is, you have that persistent vision. Oh my goodness. This is all coming together. It's fascinating. Yeah. So there's one other factor uh, that would kind of inhibit you from downloading this new information into your brain and rewriting that program. And that is external influences. So that's why we always say you have to be very careful about the input. So this can be as basic as the form of, you know, the television shows that you're watching, the people that you're hanging out with, um, who you're spending your time with, or it can just be things outside of your control. So we have these, these days we wake up and we say, you know, today's going to be a great day. I'm not going to complain today. I'm going to have a good day. It's a beautiful day. I'm going to have a great attitude. And then we walk outside and it's raining. Mm -hmm. And then we drop our phone and our screen cracks. And then we're in the car and we get cut off. And then we're at our desk and we hate our job. And all of a sudden we start running the program. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be stronger than these external influences that are happening to us. And I've had a personal experience with this recently. I know that I shared with you about and um share it if you feel comfortable yeah I uh this is the first time I'm talking about this (laughs) I um I see patients virtually now and Mm -hmm. I love that that's a huge part of my practice I'm able to connect with so many people and I don't foresee ever changing that I think it's a great tool that I have About 10 months ago, I felt a pulling to do something bigger. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I had the new intention. The new thought was I need to open a physical location, a place where people can come, where there's going to be like-minded physicians. There's going to be all these elaborate health modalities that people can't readily access. And it's all going to be under one roof. So people can travel to me. The local market can access them. And I need to create this. And this became my intention. This became my purpose. So I started to make the choices behind it. I was um, about eight months pregnant at the time. And I said, I'm going to move my whole family to Connecticut. Perfect. (laughs) Because Connecticut was special to me. I had the emotional connection. It was a place of healing. I wanted to create this clinic and I wanted to do it in Connecticut. So we, we moved to Connecticut. I got here and I continued to do the work. I took the actions on this thought. I I started building the business plan. I found a location for this clinic and I I worked at it. I spent countless hours with the landlord developing the the layout. I worked with the architect. I went to committee meetings for the town. I got approvals for these things. I spent hours and hours invested in this. Mm -hmm. I spent a huge amount of money invested in this. I started cutting back on my work hours to pursue building this because I knew that the vision was this would be able to help so many people. And I started ordering equipment for this business. I started putting down payments on things on the location. And I worked at this uh, location for about eight months. 
last week I was in Boston with my family and I had traveled there for this clinical seminar. I was so excited to take. I was learning all these new techniques about environmental toxins, mold toxins, and I was just really happy to be there and, you know, furthering my career and my knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I was able to take my family with me. So we were sitting in the the public gardens in Boston, which if you've ever been, it, it's just a beautiful place. And my two-year-old was on the sidewalk singing and dancing. And I have a five-month-old and he just adores his sister. So he's watching her and laughing and I'm with my husband. And in that moment, all was right. I, I felt good. I felt love. I felt at peace. I was on mission. I was on purpose. And I got an email and I opened the email while I was sitting there. It was from my landlord and it said, Cynthia, I'm sorry, but we are no longer going to be able to move forward with your project. Good luck. (laughs) That's all it said. That's all it said. That is all it said. Cool, bro. (laughs) In that moment, the, the emotion was extreme devastation. I mean, my heart sank into my stomach and I can promise you, Allie, if I was not with my children, I would have been like, full breakdown mode because everything I had been working for, this huge investment of my time that I could never get back, this huge investment financially that has now put, you know, other things, my business, my family at risk. I start thinking I'm a failure. I failed my patients. I've failed my family. These were the thoughts, you know, I was so clear on this was what I was meant to do. And now this happened. Why did this happen to me? This happened. Yeah. And I, I was, um, being a a victim to the circumstance. And that's okay, right? You can have those feelings and emotions, but I can assure you if this had happened several years back, that would have been it for me. That would have been enough to affect my health. I probably would have been in my bed crying. I would not have been a good doctor. I would not have been a good business owner. I would not have been a good mother. That would have been enough to just push me over the edge and start rerunning the program of Mm. you're sick. You can't do this. Don't try. You know, you failed, you know, now don't pursue it anymore. But because I've been practicing this now for so long, and because I know that my intention is so clear that I'm meant to do this, you know, in in no universe, in no circumstance, do I not continue to pursue this and build this clinic that I need to have for my patients to come here to heal, to have this experience, to have a physician who cares about them. I have to get that done. So I'm just going to run the new program and I'm going to continue the same thought. I'm going to make the behavior and actions to push through this. I'm going to recognize it for what it is. And I'm not going to let the external environment affect who I am. Don't be a victim to your internal influences. And that applies to everyone, whether it's, you know, you, you don't like your mother-in-law and so you fight with your spouse. Don't be a victim to that. Like you, you can have control over that. Choose how you're going to let it influence you. Make your marriage happy if that's important to you. Don't be a victim to the girl who says, you know, you shouldn't be selling on Instagram, that that's, you know, silly or stupid. Like don't fall victim to that. That's an external influence. Have your vision and be sure about it and make your choices and actions based off what serves your vision, not somebody else's. Beautiful. Wow. Oh my gosh, Cynthia, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Cause I know, cause you're going through that right now. I mean, this is real time. This is is, uh, seeing this practice in action right now. (laughs) 
And so you're in the process now of figuring out, finding that new location and just, and trusting that this next location is going to be bigger, better. There's a reason why this is happening and you may not see it now, but you're just going to keep moving forward. Is that where you're at? Yeah. I mean, this success of this clinic I've already created in my mind. It already feels real to me. I, I know that I can do this. There's no question to me. I know that I can do this. And so I'm not going to stop this. This is a huge setback for me, but it just means I'm, I'm going to come harder now. I'm going to do something bigger now. This may be that what we call that blessing in disguise that, you know, don't go this path. Instead, there's something bigger for you. Oof, guys. Oh my gosh. I just made me so happy. Not because you're going through this, of course, but the way that you're handling this is so beautiful because, I mean, you come across those obstacles, which is inevitable. We're all going to come across obstacles. And I love that you, you tied it into people that are, are worried about what other people are thinking, because that's a huge obstacle. And whenever you're growing your own business and you're a solopreneur that can, that holds so many people back. And you just have to make that decision in that moment. Am I going to let that outside influence affect me and the life that I'm creating? And the answer is no. And you're just going to keep pushing through and trust that on the other side is always something better if you keep pushing through, right? Exactly. Yeah. Just stay persistent, have that clear vision, keep repeating it over and over again. And you're going to, I assure you, before you even know it, you're going to be wired for that. And you're going to be wired for that success. You're going to know that it's what you're intended to do, what your purpose is, and you will pursue. You just have to keep on pushing. Keep exactly. on. Don't give in to the self-sabotage. Recognize it when it sneaks up because it will. You'll feel uncomfortable well, doing new things and push through and don't be victim to external circumstances. Continue to push through. Okay. And one, because I know that we're, we're running low on time here, but a question about limiting beliefs. So something that I do whenever I'm coming up against limiting beliefs is I journal them out and that helps me. I kind of address the the thoughts that I'm thinking and then argue against them. Do you agree with that? Or do you have other options for anybody who are really feeling those limiting belief feelings? And, you know, they, that's the thing that that's holding them back to keep coming up against these thoughts. How do you suggest working through those? I think that that's an excellent way to approach that. If you First of all, physically writing something or physically saying something out loud has more power behind it, right? Because it allows us to actually really think about that in a deeper way. So as we're journaling and we're physically writing something down, you're arguing against those limiting beliefs. And what you're doing in that moment as you're arguing against it is you're convincing yourself otherwise. And as we're putting that information into our brain of, you know, I don't, experience that belief anymore. I don't subscribe to that belief or I can fight through that belief. We're doing the same thing as the visualization exercises. We're putting new information into our brain and we're telling our brain, this is the new program. This is what we're running now. From now on, we don't allow that to limit us. You know, we don't fall victim to our environment. We don't listen to other people we pursue. And so, yeah, journaling on your limiting beliefs is a great exercise. Okay. Good. Cause that's what I share a lot. And, and again, that's, it truly is something that I've done. So I'm happy to hear that. I'm, I'm not sharing old 
old information here, or there might be, I know there are many ways to do things. So I guess bottom line, what my takeaway from this is our brains are very impressionable. And just because they're a certain way at this moment does not mean that it has to stay that way. And we can rewire it. So if we don't like where we are now, we can either stay this way or we can do this work. Just like, I I kind of think about it like our bodies. If we don't like how our bodies are now, what do you do? You go to the gym and you work out and you watch what you're eating. And kind of the brain is the same way. If you don't like what you're experiencing in the outer world right now and, you know, your thoughts, change it. Go to the gym. And the gym here would be the vision, you know, the practice of visioning. What am I thinking? Um, visual, <laughs> visualizing yeah. in the morning, journaling out those limiting beliefs, the repetition of it all. So you are changing your subconscious and then that's how you rewire your brain and change. Exactly. If we can get this information into our subconscious, then we can rewire it, we can change, and that becomes the program that we're running. And so if you don't like the program that you're in, guess what? Take comfort in this. Your mind should be blown when you know that you are in control of your brain and that you can make all the decisions, all the choices, all the actions, behaviors, emotions associated with that to actually create this chain and rewire your brain. Oh, so good, Cynthia. I know people are hearing this and they are so thankful right now. I know I am. I've always loved this information, but hearing it from you and the way that you you have a beautiful way of explaining it that's very easy to understand and simple to follow. I feel like, I mean, who wouldn't do this, right? Like, this is so important. Why would you not do this? So thank you so much. Thank you. I I enjoy sharing about this because it is such a powerful tool for people. No doubt. So, okay. Talk to, cause I know everybody's going to be wondering how do they find you? How do they work with you? What do you have going on that would be, that allows people to get their hands on you? Cause I know that they're going to be rushing. <laughs> to sure. I am uh, I'm very active on social media. So my handle is at the Kempinski clinic. And if you comment on my post, you can see I engage regularly. I comment back. If you shoot me a DM, I will engage with you there. You can also find me on my website, drkompinski.com. And in addition to that, there'll be links for email. However you need to reach out to me, whatever the easiest avenue is for you, my intent and purpose is to be there to help you. So I get the message to me and I will make sure to be back with you. And she does see clients online, so they don't have to be in, you know, it doesn't matter. You see clients from all over the world. Yeah, that's right. I, uh, I've been very lucky to see people who live in all different countries. Sometimes I'll be doing a Zoom call at 2 a.m. with someone in New Zealand. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it works for me because I'm able to share the information and knowledge I have and connect with you know my ideal patient base who are going to connect with me. And so I'll see pati- patients all over the country. I make the schedule work and we're able to host a Zoom call and communicate that way. And I can effectively give them advice to implement uh, to help them achieve their health goals. So good. And you have a free training coming up. Tell us about that. So I am doing this training and it's really fun. I'm excited about it. I think because I have not offered a free 
training to my audience in a really long time. Mm -hmm. So this gives me the opportunity to engage with people. It gives the opportunity for my audience to ask questions and to really learn some good information that anyone can implement. So the topic of this training is going to be five ways you can become the smartest person in the room. And who doesn't want to be smart? (laughs) These are some great health tips, some hacks that you really can't afford to miss. Spoiler, number five will blow your mind. It's a really good one. And um, I think that we're going to be offering some type of incentive to the people who are able to come on live and uh, listen to that training. And um, it gives people just an opportunity to work with me. Amazing. That y'all, I mean, I'm going to be there for sure. So I know so many people are going to be wanting to sign up for that. When is that? So that's going to be Monday, August 5th at 8 p.m. Eastern. August 8 p.m. Eastern time. I'm going to link all of this in the show notes and I'll be posting it on Instagram as well. So five ways to be the smartest in the room, health hacks you cannot miss on Monday, August 5th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Yep. I'm so excited. So I'm excited. I will be there. And okay. One last thing we have to finish with this. You guys are going to die when you hear this. If you're a nerd like me, (laughs) who is your mentor, Cynthia? So I have, um, been mentoring under Joe Dispenza for, uh, for long before he was, uh, publishing these books and traveling all over the world and doing these trainings. I was first exposed to him about a decade ago and I heard him speak and connected with him, you know, instantly. And so when people hear that I've been studying with and working under Joe Dispenza for all these years, they kind of, uh, they get a little, um, kind of shocked by the fame of him. (laughs) I, I mean, I've talked about Joe Dispenza on Instagram before. I have three of his books. I just, I love, I mean, just like you, he is able to, to break down these complicated concepts into very understandable terms. So the average person can get it. Yeah. And so she just, I think you just randomly dropped this on Instagram or you mentioned Joe Dispenza on Instagram. And of course, as a fangirl of Joe Dispenza's, which I shouldn't even be anymore because you know what, like who cares? He wrote a few books. You are, you know, all the things that he knows you're doing what he does. So now I'm fangirling over you. And, but you know, this is how I found out. I was like, Oh, I love Joe Dispenza. And she was like, Oh, he's my mentor. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. But it, I mean, it is. I, it's it's changed uh, the pathway of my life for sure and how I practice. No joke. That's so cool, Cynthia. Thank you so much for doing this. I know. I mean, I can't imagine how many people are going to hear this and this is going to be a pivotal moment in their lives. I, I know it. I mean, it has been for me because I'm going to be a lot more intentional about my morning routine now that I know that how it works, it just, it, it really motivates you to keep doing it. So thank you so much. Great. That makes me so happy. I'm glad that you were able to take something from this and I hope everyone listening is able to start implementing this into their life because it, I guarantee you it will work for you. Of course. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Hey friend. Thank you so much for listening. 
My goal is to help as many women as possible. And if this episode helped you in any way, you can directly impact my efforts by simply sharing a screenshot of this to your social media or team. Also, if you're looking for additional support, feel free to find me on Instagram at Allie I Reeves and or join the free Six Figure Influencer Facebook group.